0: Professional wrestling superstar, champion, entrepreneur, author, and show host. The Big Guy Ryback feeds you more interviews, more stories, more information, and more laughs than ever before. Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback.
1: Starts from now.
0: Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. I am the Big Guy Ryback. And today I have physiotherapist, IFBB Pro League judge, GPA world record holder, and a man who has played a very, very instrumental part uh, in my recovery. Um, And and you will hear that story uh, as this conversation Goes on, but ladies and gentlemen, none other than all the way over in Australia, Andrew Locke. Andrew here. Hello there. Well, there we go. That's a good connection. Ah, this is much better. Yes,
2: <laughs> perfection. Ah,
0: oh, thank God. <laughs> I was, I was, I was wondering about that with you being all the way over there too. With Wi-Fi, could be it's hit or miss.
2: Uh, sure is. By uh, the way, they're upgrading all the stuff around here anyway. But apparently, Australia is about 60th in the world for. Wi
0: Fi, <laughs> I actually, when I was out there, I did wrestling out there last year. Um, I, I was out there for a couple weeks actually. It was, it was, yeah, it was spotty. And England is is pretty bad at times, I know. Over there, it all depends England? with Verizon and whatnot, but yeah, no, I, I, being all around, I, I totally get it.
2: Yeah, I think it's um, all the third world countries seem to have better Wi Fi than us.
0: <laughs> I love it over there, it's beautiful over there. I wish. I was telling Pete, man, I was over in, in Wollongong, and uh, yes. in Melbourne and Sydney, and I was like, man, it's it, it's it's nice out there.
2: Well, you live in Las Vegas, so I think you've got better you got better weather all year round. It's a bit shit shit here for about eight months of the year, and good for about four.
0: Is it? Well, yeah. The we actually right. well the summer here is just ridiculous. Like I I don't know if you've you've been here in the the dead summer, but it's it's pretty. It's like an oven out here, but now, like right now, is probably the best time to live in Vegas and come visit because it, it's nice out, but it's not unbearable. And it's for about a well, month here; it stays pretty.
2: i be good because so I think um, I got the Swiss Conference in Canada in October next year, and so I'm going to plan to stay around for at least a, we look for about a month. I think of being in the U.S. and Canada, so Las Vegas is definitely on the plan. And I think Florida and LA. I like think that probably yet Have you been? You've been traveling a lot. Oh, only within Australia. Okay. Just, teaching. just doing yeah, different so, seminars
0: uh, and different things?
2: Yeah, I do uh, workshops with um, a guy called Sebastian Oreb, who's the strength coach for Hafthor on the mountain, the world's strongest man.
0: I think you have some YouTube videos with him, correct?
2: Oh, yeah. We're putting out a fair bit of content over next year.
0: Yeah, that's why I was I'm watching pretty, some of your stuff with him. Yeah,
2: yeah he's a, a super in, intensely um, good student of the game. So, like myself, the more mistakes you make, the better you um, get it fixing everyone else's.
0: No, absolutely. Likewise, and it, it's, I, to tell people, I was, uh, and I did the intro a little bit ago here, yep. but I, I don't know if you recall, because I was trying, the last three years have been a phenomenal for me in a lot of, lot of ways, a lot of self-improvement on my end, mentally and physically. Yeah. But you were the first piece in all of this for me when... Three years, not it might have. It was not quite, or right, or probably close to three years ago. Maybe a little, yeah. just a tad under that. I was, I left WWE, and I, I was very hurt. And uh, an unfortunate thing with wrestling is we sometimes, and I think it's a lot of people in different sports and different things, and weightlifting and powerlifters, we ignore injuries sometimes because we don't <laughs> actually want to know what's wrong with us, and, and you
2: don't get paid, you don't get paid for being injured.
0: Yeah, it's it it's like you don't want to you don't want to know and I know a lot of guys like this and I assumed that when I left WWE I was going to everything that hurts me is going to not hurt anymore and I'm going to be better than ever and and I have all these ideas I'm doing all my business stuff and I'm going to th- this mm. life is going to be I'm going to get to travel and wrestle at my own leisure and life is going to be amazing and and God and whoever had it, had another plan, and it was I left and I instantly turned into a ninety-five-year-old man. It was told <laughs> I ignored it for like the first five or six months, and I finally went to the doctor and I got an MRI on my on my back and shoulder, and I saw uh, multiple doctors, and they told me I yes. needed a five-disc fusion on my L one, two, three, four, and five, <laughs> and a shoulder replacement. But my disc had uh, completely. Uh, very, They were severely compressed. I'd caught it just in time. And right when I actually finally, I found you on Facebook, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Correct? Yeah, that was it. Yes, I can remember it well. And I can even remember quite clearly that the interesting symptoms you had at the moment, whoever was treating you at that time wasn't listening to you. All they were doing was treating a scan. Yeah. And your, your history was saying exactly what they were doing was exactly the wrong thing to do. But that's what happens when you treat scans; you don't treat people.
0: No, and I, but I think to and, too, and for something for people to understand with you and that you're extremely intelligent. I I appreciate people like you that 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 put this kind of information out there because I personally learned so much, and I could kind of as I'm learning help educate and, and to the best of my ability. But you responded to me, which I I was desperate because I didn't nobody. All I knew is I just had the world in my hands, and I was unhappy over some things with my job, but the ultimate thing was I was in a Mm -hmm. lot of pain, and I couldn't deal with Mm -hmm. it anymore, and it wasn't just my back. Back's bad enough as it is. It was my back and my shoulder, and I felt like my world Mm -hmm. was collapsing around me, and I was losing control um, because I'd been down the injury road before and overcome it, and and so mentally, I, I... felt like I could overcome anything, but this was, I've not experienced anything ever like this, and I don't know how I found you. I just remember searching for stuff, and I came across you, or somebody said to maybe yep. give me a tip to, to look you up, and I instantly knew that you were the first person that I saw, and I saw a video of you, and I go, this guy I feel like can help me, whereas I didn't feel that way about anything and I had no trust and not to say that doctors aren't great and but I didn't the fusion in their shoulder replacement would have meant uh, game over and sure not, I was not ready for the game to be over and I reached out and I sent an email to you and in, I, I can't thank you enough because you responded and really really helped me at a time that I was wrestling and in a very dangerous position because I should not have been wrestling and I talked about it openly on here a lot, but yeah. I can't thank you enough because you were the one that really helped me understand that, even, not even counting the 14 stem cell procedures I've had, but maybe there's another yeah. way to manage this pain and avoid this surgery in the meantime until I could figure out what else. And then I was in a really, really bad way. And, and those discs, and like right mm. when I met you and reached out to you, I actually, my entire right leg had gone numb. And I was getting the atrophy and my leg was turning into jelly. The muscles were not, yeah. it was starting those, I was starting to really, really get the nerve stuff and mm. it's just, there's so much to talk about. But I remember being over in England and doing a two week tour and being in a little shitty hotel room and it was really <laughs> tiny. And I remember doing your exercises that you gave me and it's like, and then I've come across Stuart McGill. I've had uh, Brian Carroll on here recently. And again, yeah. doing the big three and, but you gave me the big three before I even knew what the big three were two and a half years ago <laughs> yeah. to help me manage my pain at least so that I could be functional to do my business stuff and work out still. Cause I, I was in crippling pain and, and when you're, it's, it's a tough thing, but bottom line is I just want to say thank you. And for everybody listening, you, you've played a huge instrumental part in opening my eyes to this road to recovery, which I'm almost completely out of and I'm completely pain-free in my back now by the way so thank you
2: but that's it it doesn't have to get worse and, and, but i think one of the beautiful things about that is i went through the same experience i blew up my my l5s1 disc about 22 years ago now it was so bad that when the surgeon who was going to do a review looked at the scan he started trying to wipe the stuff off because he thought someone had sneezed on the mri there was wow. that much shit in the canal and you know what I haven't had pain for over 20 years and you know, I've set bench press records now, still here I am 22 years later. And I bet I haven't even got a disc left down there because you're not defined by those things. I've got one guy, he's about 28 years of age and he's got no disc at all. He blew it up many years earlier. His father's a doctor and the father sent him off to see a good surgeon. The surgeon looked at his MRI scan and said, you can go and do whatever you want. Your body's done a better job of healing that up and you're now fused that level. You don't have a disc. You can go do what you want. You guy still deadlifts close to two hundred and eighty kilos. Wow. No problems. So it's a process that is not defined by what the MRI says, it's defined by a lot of other things. And that's what the human body does. It does amazing healing things, as you found out. You just keep getting better when you're realistically you're a young guy still.
0: That's yeah, so your body's still. No, the stem cells too, like that see that's what I was curious about with you with this, because I was I've never like and to this day, and the, I actually, this bioaccelerator company reached out to me a few months ago, and I, I'd mm. gotten 11 stem cell procedures, and they're over in Medellin, Colombia, and they're working with all the top, like, WWE guys now and UFC fighters, and they, they paid for oh. my entire treatment, and they reached out mm. because the guy listens to the podcast, one of the David Truitt that works for them. And, yes. I, and unfortunately, a, a situation that's going on in the United States... Um, the stem cell procedures over here are very limited in what they're allowed to do, and my doctor was great, but I was only getting between three and eight, thousand stem cells per treatment with my own bone marrow. Mm-hmm. and luckily, and it took mm-hmm. it took four on my back here and seven on my shoulder. but my back and now my back is completely better going after going to Columbia. but when I went down there, mm-hmm. they explained to me with the umbilical cord stem cells that I got 175 million stem cells <laughs> between my back shoulder and my ankle. Uh, to regenerate some nerves down there. And my back is already, like, it's, it's as if nothing even happened to my back, which is every day is surreal to me to Perfect. wake up. But the shoulder, I wanted to ask you about this because you said that a guy that mm-hmm. had, so my thing is with those five discs, that pain I was in, and I was doing all these exercises, I was still in a lot of pain up to a mm-hmm. point with all of this. How is, is that just because it's five discs? and it was so, so many of them? Because when you say, like, the guy had no disc, but he was able to live pain-free, mm. how is that yeah. possible?
2: Well, there's a lot of research in this sort of area which demonstrates that there's absolutely no predictable correlation between what you'll see on degeneration on, a, on an MRI or an X-ray to whether the person has pain. And there's a lot of factors in it. You know, one of the things I always notice is the, best, the better athletes I meet, by the time I meet them, They're 95% screwed as far as compared to the normal population before they even really start to seek help. They have either higher pain tolerances. They, they're because of their lifestyles. They've learned to not even notice a lot of things, but yeah, usually the best athletes I see in the world, they're phenomenally dysfunctional. Yeah. By the time they come and see me, but your general population person gives them 5% dysfunction. They can't, they can't move. They can't do things. You know, you can look at some of the great athletes I've seen who have torn muscles like Andre Milanichev a couple of years ago. He tore his tricep on his first bench press at one of the big comps, 240 kilos. He came out and, and got it on his second attempt. Man, that's 10 minutes later, he's torn his tricep.
0: That's unbelievable. What,
2: what is it? This is what great athletes sometimes appear yeah. to be able to do. They have this incredible ability to still function, and that's one of the variables that separates, um, you know, I think high-level athletes from perhaps the general population. Um, one of the world championship fellows I was treating in um, powerlifting, he came and saw me four, four weeks before a comp. He had a fractured spine in his, in his L5. He had huge disc bulge hanging out. But four weeks later, he's competed at the world championships successfully. Yeah. Now, that no, hadn't healed.
0: That it's So, to me, it's unbelievable. I And I'm just trying to, like, for me with this, I'd never experienced, and I'd been in pain for years and just dealt with it. And then obviously, and, and with WWE, um, I was getting, mm. they were actually giving me Toradol on a lot of nights. And uh, sure. unfortunately, the cortisone they they were giving to me in my shoulder ate away all mm. the shoulder cartilage. And yeah, which caused a lot, that caused me a lot, a lot of problems on that. And when that cortisone was gone, and when I left, and that Toradol was no longer in me, all those symptoms were years worth. They'd started rearing their ugly head. But it's to me, it's just amazing that people are over able to overcome because like I, I and that's what I was curious about with you. Like for me, I don't know as far as competing, I, and I'm talking about a, like a WWE schedule of doing it five nights a week. It, it it's an yeah. extremely demanding schedule that without mm-hmm. the stem cells, I don't know. Like and I and I like I always ask myself, would I have been able to overcome this without the stem cells? And I don't, I, I honestly don't know. And I, I want to believe we'll that I could have, but I. I did it along with it and doing all this stuff. So it, it's, to me, I, they both have played a huge part, but I already know that the, the core stabilizing exercises, and it's, it's very demanding doing this stuff all the time. Back and shoulder and running businesses and taking care of a dog that's hurt. And, but I did it, and it's like, but I always wonder, it was like, is the five disc, was you know it what? too much?
2: <laughs> well, at its time, it might have been, but you've got to look at yourself now and say, no matter what it is, here you are today. Yeah. And this is, this is where you take it from. See, one of the first things that happens is when people walk into my office, they usually have an arm full of MRIs and scans, and I'll say to them, so what's your problem? And the first thing is I'll go, I've got a scoliosis. Yeah. So I usually turn around and say, oh, really? What do you feed feeding? It? <laughs> <And> you just-
0: <laughs> High dose of negativity.
2: <laughs> Yeah, so they bring it out, and you know, another guy came in yesterday. No, it was a good one. I've got a spondylolisthesis. It's not getting better. And I said, well, just keep it out of the sunlight and don't, don't water it too much.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> and they just look at you and go, what the fuck? You know, everyone else is scared of this thing. And i go, I don't want to see your scans. I don't want to know what anyone else has said. And they'll bring a letter in from their doctor, and i say, put the letter away. Yeah. Says, I don't want to read it. I'm going to assess you first with an open mind. And if at the end of it, your doctor agrees with why, I agree, you'll be a bright guy. But yep. basically, it's, you've got to come in with um, a real open mind. Any, any professional who looks at your scans first realistically is not going to assess you properly. They're going to be prejudiced. Yeah. These things just don't define us. That's like Professor McGill has a great one. He says, there's no such thing as degenerative disc disease. It's like telling an old person they've got degenerative face disease. Yeah. It's just, it's a natural process in a lot of people. It's not a disease. And those words have been, uh, can be quite attacking. If you get a little bit um, you know, apprehensive, shit, I've got a disease in my discs. No, you don't. Yeah, You've had an injury. It's going through a process. And statistically, things get better with time too. Older people have, tend to have less problems as far as back pain goes than between the ages of 18 to 35. And it's understood. That the body actually starts to gristle up. It actually starts to become more able to handle those, those stresses. It's part of the healing process. And now, the stem cell, there you are. Awesome. Regeneration. Incredible. You're getting it, and I think what you found there is, yeah, between the U.S. and Columbia, even probably what we get in Australia, is medicine tends to take you to a level of, we'll bring you back to normal. But wrestling five nights a week is not a normal thing to do. No, You've got to be super normal. Yeah. And that requires extra work. Unfortunately, most of our medical systems tend to take us to, it's good enough when you're normal, but we can't take you any further. Yes. That's the challenge we all get hit with.
0: Yeah, no, with as far as the discs go with that, like and, and luckily I was able to they've they've regrown my disc, they've sealed up, they they've the last MRI That's it, it it's it's surreal and I to wake up and sit up out of bed every morning and my brain was is so conditioned to feel pain that every morning I sit up I almost expect to be in pain and I sit up and I'm completely <laughs> fine and I just laugh. And I was like, it's like it's as if the nightmare is over. And because initially when I'd met you it was <laughs> I couldn't get out of bed. I would have to fall to the ground and be on all fours and then pull myself up to my knees and then get to my feet and then go turn on the hot shower. I couldn't put my pants on. I would have to like put, use my foot. I couldn't bend over. Like, and I'm wrestling yeah. like this, and it blows. I go, how the fuck did I do this? And I, I don't it, – it's crazy. But my thing is, is with the disc and the nerves and people – because I had severe compression, and we caught it at the last – Mm. Nick of time, as far as compression goes, as far as that, and I was getting the nerve symptoms, what do you do with somebody that has a disc that are worn, worn thinner and where they're getting the nerve pressure, doing the stabilizing exercises, is that enough to correct that over time?
2: This not, yeah, well, one of the things I always say to a patient is, you're going to do these exercises now twice a day for the rest of your life. Yeah. In 100 years' time, you're going to be doing these exercises in the old folks' home. You won't know why the hell you're doing them. You won't have a clue, but you're going to be doing them. Yeah. The whole idea is you've had an you've had an injury, you've got a you've had a previous problem. Your body has a tendency to move towards that. You're actively got to stop this for the rest of your life. Yep. You actively are going to do stabilising stuff, but that's only the base of the pyramid. But then you have got to build all the extra work on top of it yep. to do exactly what you're going to do. Like five days a week of wrestling. Now you can say like um, the nightmare is over. Well, you know when you get back in the ring, the nightmare begins again for everyone else yeah
0: <laughs> no it's almost it's a surreal thing because it's it's like in a movie where you you have the brain and the knowledge and the wisdom and being blessed with a brand new body almost like uh, it, like getting a second chance or a third chance whatever you want to call it but it's a, it's a mm. surreal thing
2: to look back but i it, your movement patterns are going to be so much better than the ones that you used to have yeah when you got into because you got injured basically not knowing how to really move correctly at that point. You were doing what you did. Now, one of the things about people is they'll tend to think their back is their weakness. Probably it's your back's your strength and everything else is your weakness. Yep. Your abs are your weakness. Your 10 core muscles are your weakness. Your ass has gone on holiday. So all you're doing is using your back all the time. No wonder it's pissed off. You know, stop it. Start yeah. moving properly. Start, start tightening up. Start doing the things that you should be doing with all the other muscle groups. And then... The scans themselves are not going to be as predictive of you as an individual. You're going to start moving better. And you'll start realizing that you're not pissing it back off because you're not using it 100% of the time. You're using it 30% of the time. Yeah.
0: It, you know, I just saw it, you. This is something I think with it, this is so great that we now, with technology and, and the awareness and, like, with the medical system, just everything in general. But I, a comment you made that I actually just saw earlier today that I couldn't agree with anymore is, is is about weightlifting and training and, and whether you're bodybuilding, no matter what it is. But it's the one thing where we tend to just kind of we all start doing it at some point, and it, it doesn't have the respect that other that other sports. Like if you know if you if you play football, you you get a coach. Tennis, you get a coach. It doesn't matter what it is. Typically, you get a, a coach for something when you're trying to learn something. Weight training is the one thing where that doesn't always apply to for most people. And I go back mm-hmm. and look. I was in my high school, I look back at my, everything I knew about weight training came from my first weight training coach in high school, but I started training at home when I was a kid, just doing body weight stuff, not knowing and just seeing what I saw on TV, and then I got into high school and they put me in weight training. Andrew, no joke, I lifted my entire life up until recently where I never once squatting and deadlifting, I never, I never filled the tank, I never held my breath in and and like <laughs> I, I go what the fuck i never learned this stuff and so many people don't on proper technique and it's why there's so many injuries but you talked about that and it just blew my mind i go what do we need to do this is like every kid that goes to high school th- this information needs to be made relevant to them how to use your hips how like cuz i used to, i did everything wrong for my whole life which contributed to all this with the wrestling
2: oh man in the book of, you know, bad mistakes and shit technique, I've written a few of my own chapters, I reckon. That's what we all do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, all, we all do it wrong because we're young, we're resilient, the tissues have got a lot of elasticity to them, and we're not feeling any pain until we finally do that one little bit extra and we, then we're in a world of pain and then the cascade begins. Yeah, technique, it says, that's what I, I... I work in a great place where we have great coaches all the time. No one lifts to shit technique.
0: Have and you thought about... To doing a YouTube channel for yourself and coming out with educational videos for coaches. And yes,
2: for- well, I'm just um, I'm just starting that now because I've, I've actually written a couple of books. That I just haven't no had time to get published because I never got the video and the and the photograph work done because I've just been too busy seeing patients. Yep. But um, I got lucky enough that I'm pretty much heading towards full time education now. So. Um, that's where I'll be, especially over in the US next year. I'll definitely come over and be running some workshops. So I'm definitely putting out the video content, putting out the ebooks for everybody to be able to get information about how to basically solve back problems, shoulder problems, and then how to perform well. So yeah, it's a good, it's a good year ahead. It's already just started. That's why I'm heading over to Bali. Uh, that's in three days. So I'm going to spend 10 days over there and just start to get the process finished up. So hopefully I'd say early 2020. I think uh, perhaps by February we should have it launched. I might even have something coming up fairly soon because we've shot uh, a couple of videos and three days worth of professional footage from my workshops with the, um, Sebastian Irup, the Australian strength coach. And we, what we'd like do is we teach lifting and I uh, teach rehab and we'd spend a whole day on one lift. Deadlifting and yeah. spine. Yeah. So it's made for coaches. So yeah, we, we probably get 40 people that we've limited to and we're booked out everywhere in the country. So yeah. everything's going to go worldwide. We'll How to make sure people know what the techniques are to be safe for life. Absolutely. And lift the biggest yeah. weights possible. Now, I've got uh, some of my athletes who will easily lift very close to, you know, they're working with 800-pound squats and, you know, deadlifts and things like that. And these are good athletes to work with.
0: Yeah, there's so much knowledge that you have and then I just want to see you too. I, I, because I was looking, I, and I, because I, I just recently got my YouTube channel going three months ago. It was the one platform yeah. I wasn't using, and then I didn't. It was the one missing piece for my brand, for me. But I, I'm just—you have so much knowledge, and the—you've the, helped me tremendously. I have nothing but the the highest level of respect for you. And I was looking, I go, oh, he—I don't see a YouTube channel for him. I was like, there's <laughs> with those seminars, I was like, there's so much content that you could put on there to help people. That I feel like you need to be seen by as many people as humanly possible. But- because the world is going to be a better place the more people that see Andrew Luck. <laughs> that was a good
2: take too, man.
0: That, well I no, just I saw I was watching one of your videos the other and so I after I've been doing the the squat where the with the bench where it breaks it breaks you at the hips with the the, the bench yes. and that I do that every day. I've been doing it ever since I talked to you. I do I do at least 50 a day, most days 100 on that and it's man, helped great. me tremendously but I just saw a video where you talk about wall squats facing the wall Mm. just yesterday. I have not seen that. So, of course, I watched this video before I go to bed last night. I did 100 wall squats in my house, and I realized it's really difficult for me. And, again, for a wall squat, can you explain what a wall squat is and and what the purpose of it is and what benefit it could bring us as athletes?
2: The beauty of the wall squat is to face the wall squat. So uh, traditionally people have put a ball behind their back and gone up and down a wall. Fuck, I hate those balls. What I do is I get people to face the wall and put their toes as close to the wall as they can. Now your job then is to try and squat down to parallel from that position, keeping the feet relatively close to hip width apart. One of the beautiful things is you can't negotiate with a wall. Nope. It's going to stay there. You're going to have to deal with it. Yes. What it does, it forces you to drive your hips backwards. Now, when the hips drive backwards, you're going to get a better neutral spine position, and suddenly your core's going to have to work. You're going to have to really work on your balance position. Your glutes are going to work. Everything tightens up because the wall self-corrects you. One of the things I find with a lot of patients, I always explain to them is I won't say much because you overthink too much. We're, that's our population, that's our, our minds. We overthink yes. way too much. So let's stop thinking, let's just do. So I'm going to get you to stand against the wall, face the wall, and I'm going to get you to try and Get down towards parallel. Now, your head's not going to go through the wall, you're going to have to figure out how to use your body, yes. and it put you into a perfect position. Now, we turn that into a deadlift. Once a person learns how to drive the hips back and get a, a tight core, it's a beautiful exercise. Yeah, so that's one of my favorites as well.
0: No, it, and, it's, yeah, it's completely awesome. opened my eyes, because well, when I met you, my form, all that has been, I just was born naturally strong to a mm. certain level. I got away with bad I mean, techniques for a long time, as a lot of powerful people have, and it caught up to me through wrestling and doing different things over the years. But like I did, so last night I did a hundred of those. I fell back. I can't tell you how many times. And and then I started just going. I was like, okay, I can't make it all the way down yet. I need to start working on this slow. And I just I did up to a hundred and just almost like half reps because I could do that without falling and it made me realize how messed up my form still is on a lot of this. But today at the gym, I did 50 after my, after my workout today. And by the end of it, I was getting down. It it was starting. It was a lot better than it was just last night. What kind of, as you fall on that routine, what do you recommend for us to do? How many, is there a certain
2: number a day that, that you see? Yeah. In the people I prescribe that to, it's 50 to a hundred repetitions spread out throughout the day. Okay. So if I see a wall, go up to it and practice a couple. Yep. The thing about strength is strength is a skill. It's not just being able to pick something up. It's doing it skillfully, learning how to use yes. your muscle that you've got in the most efficient manner. So this is a skill creator. It's neurological. It teaches the body how to hold itself in space. Once you do that, you can put a kettlebell or a dumbbell in either hand and do the same thing. Sometimes actually makes it a little bit easier because the weight sometimes helps you. People who have real problems with it, I stick a chair behind them interesting thing is people who find it hard to get down, you sit them in a chair and they'll say, stand up, and they'll get out of the chair without hitting their head on the wall. And suddenly you go, so how'd you get that? How'd you get from 90 degrees to stand up? And they know they can do it, but their body's got to figure out how to do it because they're scared. It doesn't take too long, 50 to 100 loads a day, and then your pattern starts to fix up. And like anything, the frequency's high in the early learning stage, and then the frequency drops out as the load increases later. That's the basic way to rehab is high frequency, low load exercises, lots of stability work in the early stages. And then once you got that, you move to high load, less frequency, same patterns. So guys who can squat 400 kilos, they don't tend to do it every week. They'll tend to do it every couple of weeks. Yes. And that's the way we train. So yeah, it, it changes as you change. As you get stronger, you just put your stability work in quickly. And then most of the good, um, good athletes I work with, they would do half an hour of stability work, activation work. Before they lift a weight. So if you train for an hour in the gym, you're there for an hour and a half because the first half hour is activation. Yeah. So we have a little thing that says activate, mobilize, warm up, train. That's the four steps to success and not getting injured. So yeah, there's a little process to it. Activation, you know, whether if it's a shoulder problem, you're going to be doing your shoulder activations. It's your back, you got to do your, your back activations, your glutes and hips. We have hip activations. So, yeah, it's a, it's a process that you tend to find all the best people who aren't getting injured and now adhering to just like you have. You do your stability. Yep. And as we say, you know, proximal stability unleashes distal ability. If your body can hold itself in the center, then you can throw a better punch. Yep. Then you can jump and run. But your body won't let you do it if you're not stable in the middle. No. So that's one of the, the pros. Stability, stable, get yourself strong there, and then you'll be able to unleash your ability but not until then. And I and feel like doing that in
0: top. my back as well. That was the one I was gonna tell you when I do those wall mm-hmm. squats, I feel like I feel my back working in a good like that my form, like I feel like muscles firing almost that haven't fired in a way. It's it's a weird like thing. And it, but I know instantly doing it, I just go, It just I, like last night today, I just laugh. I go, the more you, you think you know, the more you realize you, you don't know shit and I'm just like it it's <laughs> It's a it's a fascinating thing, but I I just laughed because I was like I'm like I was so glad I came across this because I was like this is really it, I, like you said you can't cheat the wall and I mm,
2: you can't negotiate no it, it it's, it's not going to listen it's not going to listen to you no
0: it doesn't matter and like even the bench thing I don't I I just did that because and I didn't know if I was doing it right but I do it every day but I can tell that like, I was like no I still have work to do on getting my hips in in proper form and so yeah man it, it's I love this stuff, learning about this. At 37, it, I feel like I don't know shit, so thank you. I'm <laughs> <Not> sure.
2: <laughs> I don't worry, I feel like that all the time. I always love people who challenge my approaches because by being challenged, then I've got to have a good rationale. So it's always great to meet other people and other people what they're thinking too. Like one of the things I especially work now is I tend to avoid stretching on nearly all the athletes.
0: I've stopped because that because myself always... talking to Brian Carroll, and I feel
2: way better. <laughs> Isn't it fantastic? Yeah. Because what you've been doing there, you're punishing your strengths, your strengths and your tightnesses. Your tightness holds you together. Yes. Why are things tight? That's the question we ask. Now, once you ask why it's tight, you'll find the answer to why things are tight, and you'll fix it up because you've got a weakness somewhere. Your tightnesses are just trying to stabilize you. Yeah. Your weaknesses, they're having a great time. They're not talking about anything. So we say, don't punish your strengths, punish your weaknesses. That's that's brilliant.
0: When he told me that, and I – that and no joke in back in wrestling because I thought I had to be, I was stretching like crazy because I was always hurt all the time. Like as far <laughs> as pain, and I thought that was helping me, and it wasn't. And I look back and I go, why the fuck did I spend r- rather than actively warming up and things that, to to create mobility? The stretching, Brian says, knock it off. He goes, just stop it. He goes, and I, I it, it's been a couple months. And Andrew, I kid you not, I was like, my back, any li- other little small lingering back stuff I had going on. All gone, and I'm just like son of a bitch. I, here I am thinking I'm doing something good every day for thirty, forty minutes, and it 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 wasn't serving me for what I do.
2: So, see, that reminds me of your your addiction to porn episode. Just he, stop it. Yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> one one month in on that. By the way, we're almost one month in, and I feel amazing. It, but it's just really? <laughs> it's self awareness, man, and learning. That's what I like. It's we're, we're in a day and age, I think it's, that's the one good thing about, you know, in technology and we have communication and there, there's as much bad as there is, we have the ability, there, there's never-ending learning now when you get around the right minds and, like you said, people that are thinking and people that, whatever area of life that they're in, and there's just, there's you can, to me, you can never know too much. So it, it's a really
2: cool period to be alive. Well, I mean, I mean, stem cells, that wasn't even available years ago. And no. Now here you are in, in the forefront.
0: I've probably That's had more than anybody. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they said, my
0: doctor here in Vegas goes, he goes, you might be the front runner of stem cell procedures. and We're at 14 now, so, and hopefully no no more. But I did want to ask you about the shoulder, because here's, in, in with my situation, yep. so this is yep. th- my big problem. And when I met you, my back was my biggest concern because I couldn't, my back was causing such pain that it was, it was, was really, well, yeah. it was, and I don't take pain pills. I wasn't. It, it caused. Co- it was causing a lot of problems, and and just happiness wise, and and, and functionality Ooh, wise. But much. my shoulder, I can, I've been able, is much more tolerable. So, so my thing is, what do, what do you do about someone? Because for me, cortisone ate away all the cartilage in there, and then I get the yep. so with through movement. And if I get the now the stem cells, the grinding is going away because my cartilage is actually regrowing. These well, stem wonderful. cells are are so powerful. Whereas the ones in the states were not powerful enough to give me any cartilage regrowth, but it helped me a lot with yeah. a lot of the muscular stuff. What do you do with someone such as myself that they're told you have a shoulder of a ninety-five year old man with no cartilage? That and now there is cartilage coming in, but I'm getting inflammation on everything I'm doing,
2: which is just locking up my shoulder. How, now tell me, is the impl- is the inflammation at the front of the shoulder? Where do you tend to feel it the worst? Everywhere. It's in a, that's the it's
0: well, like, it's almost it's like. The, and I've had that doctor Bo Hightower was on my show, and he came and worked on me here in Vegas, and did a lot of work mm-hmm. on me, and we we actually made significant improvement on the treatment that day as he worked on me. Next day when I woke yeah. up though, back to zero. It was it actually was worse because of the inflammation and where you no know, like and I've worked with like uh, Trevor Bachmeyer has been on the show brilliant man he's helped me written me plans that I take incorporate into my daily routine i find yep. that it, my big thing is i haven't been able to bench press and shoulder press I, and i can but what happens is my shoulder grinds because there's no cartilage in there and then when it grinds i get really really bad inflammation where it's just my shoulder is locked up and, and i had a lot of problems with my lat when this all happened, and where my yes. lat atrophied, and I've gotten a lot of that back, but it's still not 100% on
2: that. But well, that makes sense, because your lat is a humeral depressor. Yeah. And yeah. it's probably one of the most important things. You've got your pec and your lat, which are going to be humeral depressors. They will actually bring the humeral head down from where the supraspinata sits on top, and you can get impingement. Yep. So if you have a lat that was being atrophied, and it was clearly then weak, it's not going to offset the physical pull, perhaps, of the rotator cuff, which is trying to stabilize you. Yeah. So the big focus there really goes to lat work. Now, that's not, fortunately, that one's definitely on my Instagram page. You'll you'll see that single arm lat exercise. Yep. Uh, it's, basically, I called it the lock lat pull because it was something I figured out from just um, going through old anatomy books. And I remember the great Vince Gironda, who used to be the guru back in the 60s and 70s out in Hollywood, Get a particular style of row, and basically what I did, I looked at it and I thought he's got that right. But if you want to do it unilaterally, how do you do it better? And that's the most effective lat creator. It will give you more size, more strength, more stability. And we use that when we're teaching how to get good bench press technique, how to actually engage and use your lat directly. So yeah, I've got a few things there which can certainly help you. Let's see if we can get you painless on the bench press.
0: That's what I think we should. So my question to you is: is so. And this is for me in, in, in doing this. And like, I've made significant improvements from two and a half years ago when I first talked to you oh, yeah. on my shoulder and through all this rehab work. I'm still not where I want to be on this. And I have severe li- like limitations on my range of like my internal, external rotation, which even doing mm. daily work, I feel like, and for me, from a muscular standpoint in my shoulder, my shoulder feels better than it ever has from That's a muscular different. standpoint as far as I don't feel like there's any tears. Or anything of that nature that are that are inhibiting me. For someone like myself that supposedly had no cartilage left, yeah. am I able to be functional with this this shoulder and still do the military presses and can I still do that with my shoulder in that condi- if that cartilage never <laughs> came back is, is my question well, to
2: you. One of the things we could definitely look at is we've got to go back to the basic concept of the stability has to be able to unleash the distal ability. Yes. So what the first thing I'm going to look at with a person who's got problems like that is, what muscles that are controlling your shoulder blade, are they doing their job correctly? Because if they're not, for example, the serratus anterior, which is an important muscle on a lot of people, is quite atrophied. And when they do certain movements, that's not holding your shoulder blade in good position. Yes. And when that's not holding your shoulder blade in good position, you're going to get the grind. Because it's further away from the stability area. so like, yeah. you know, basically the roof falling down when the, when the slab's not good for the house. So I start working on rhomboid traps, serratus work, essentially more exclusively as the beginning stages. Activation of the cuff, I tend to look at not so much internal and external rotation as uh, individual components, but I look at the internal and external rotators of the cuff as one group that's holding your humerus in the right position. Yeah. So we'll build that on top of your scapula stabilizing exercise. So the first thing I'm going to go to is scapula control.
0: And And I've had issues with my scapula throughout all this as well. That's where a lot of the atrophy I've noticed. I had a lot of atrophy in that area back there also. Yeah.
2: Well, if we look at that, that then tells us that's not your cartilage area that's the problem. This may then be atrophy because consequent to the pain. Yeah. Maybe even preceding the pain, that was a problem. See, that's what I was trying to figure out,
0: what stemmed, because initially it was... That cortisone ate away the cartilage, and then all of a sudden, there were all these problems started that never that I never knew were problems. and It all and kind of getting, just added you, to each other.
2: No, probably injecting the cortisone into what they perceived to be biceps tendinitis. Yeah, because it was painful towards the front of the shoulder initially. Yeah, yep. The bad news is, of course, it wasn't your biceps tendon that was actually pissed off. No, that's a referral point from the. That's a referral from the infraspinatus trigger point. Yeah, it's the most misdiagnosed thing I see. Ninety 95- five. The centre of the people who come with pain at the front of the shoulder is not the bicep tendon they've been told and they've had the cortisone injections all I've got to do is go to the center of the infraspinatus pick the right point, push on it and they go hell that hurt the front of my shoulder yeah well that was the reason your front of your shoulder was hurting it wasn't your bicep tendon yeah. it was your infraspinatus, now why is infraspinatus pissed off? because your rhomboids, your serratus and your traps aren't doing a great job yeah. so your infraspinatus, for external rotators, is trying to pick up the slack, it's pissed off, guess what it's referral goes back to the brain and the C5 nerve root which supplies the area C5 and C6. It splits when it comes down off the neck. One comes down the back called the suprascapular nerve, and that's the one that goes to the infraspinatus. And then you've got one down the front, the musculocutaneous nerve that supplies the bicep. The brain gets it wrong. It was the infraspinatus who was pissed off, and the brain thinks it's the bicep tendon. Then what happens is you go into the doc, the doc says, the hurt here? You say, Yep. And then they pull out the cortisone, and they whack it in the front.
0: Ugh. It was wrong place. What are your thoughts on so that, cortisone in general for people? Because I, I, do, do, do you see well, any benefit to cortisone <laughs> at all? Because I, I, I hate it with a passion.
2: <laughs> it's overused. That's yeah. the best way of putting it. It does have a medical usage for certain people. Yep. And most of the time, it was unnecessary because it's actually been put in because, well, medically, the docs have got a tough job. They've got to do what they've got to do, but that their job isn't really the style of assessment work which I do, which is very biomechanical. Yeah. So they will tend to have an injection because that's the medical route. Does it hurt here? Okay, that hasn't fixed it. That's all they know. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a guy come in the other day. Now, amazing, he's gone and had a couple of cortisone injections in his back and didn't make it better. Next step is he's been told to see the surgeon he needs to have the nerves burnt out in his back. Uh, No, he didn't. His ass wasn't working. His hips couldn't extend to zero degrees. As soon as I got him to work his glutes, oh, my back pain's gone. Yeah. It was your hips were the problem, and your back was just complaining because it was doing all the work.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what scares me, Didn't Andrew. It? And I've seen all these wrestlers that have their back fused, and, or these oh, guys. Yeah. And I've, I, luckily, in one of my, my friends growing up, his dad had back surgery after back surgery. And I, I ran into him actually. It's like a sign from God. I ran into him at the post office during all of this. And he had just had yeah. another back surgery and was on all these pain medicines. And he was just go. he goes, I hadn't seen him in years. He goes, Ryan, he goes, I'm absolutely mm-hmm. miserable. And I remember him being miserable when I was a kid, which stuck in my head when they told me that about the surgery, I just go, there's no fucking way I'm going this route. I just, I know that's, that's not the answer. I, I haven't seen one person that's had back surgery or any of that, that, that is like, man, that guy's doing fucking great. <laughs> like, not once. <laughs> so it's scary. It's, that's why like this information, I it is. Yeah, I, it needs to, avoid- to be out there to give people hope and to let them know that no, we just have to fucking do the right work. It's not that hard. We just have to. We have this information out there. There's people like you that that have devoted your life and learning from mistakes and that have these these answers.
2: We're going to be getting out there. I think that's the beauty of it. We're going to be giving you know people looking for the answers. And fortunately, that's one of the beauty of. You know, the information that we can get out there is, yeah, there's no bullshit filter on the internet, but at least there's more people getting access to correct information as well as the bullshit. So, you know, we'll certainly see that I think it will spread well, and, um, you know, I think the revolution certainly started back in the, the late 90s when people started to realise that movement patterns were a key to success, and now we've just got to make it even more obvious that success in orthopaedic assessment comes from movement analysis. You gotta look at people, not look at their scans. You're not yeah. gonna predict something from an X ray. Talk to the patient, talk to the person. You know, that's a it's a common thing that famous spontaload lysis is that we were taught in university that you've got to flex these people. Well, guess what? Eighty percent of them are not symptomatic and eighty percent of them have got disc problems, so flexing it makes them worse. Yeah. But what you were taught in university was the dead opposite. You just treat the scan. So I treat it you got to teach you got to treat people you got to listen to their story cuz I'll tell you it's like when you hurt your back your story told me immediately what what you need to start doing. Yeah. It was it wasn't a scam that told me that.
0: No, and that's it's I you. think that's great that's great right there because that that's oftentimes that's what we see here and as humans and like you said talking earlier about sometimes it's we feel like we have to have a problem or we just want It's humans are a weird species with all of the how we <laughs> how we act with all of this. And it's oh, yes. that you do it, it's, you can't just go by the scans. And I remember my chiropractor telling me years ago, I had an MRI done, and while, I think it was mm. very early on into my, my run. And he goes, Oh, you have a bunch of tears yeah. in your back. And I, was, and I remember he was, he was just solely looking at the scans and whatnot. But it, yeah. it, it's a dangerous thing when you do that.
2: It scares the hell out of people because people are not educated into these things. No, and of course you're going to believe the guy. You're going to believe the guy in the white coat with his name tag on. No, hey, he's supposed to be the expert. Yeah, yeah, he has some expertise, but like all of us, we're still learning. We're still all striving to get better. The day you think you know it all, you know someone's going to walk through your door, just proving that you don't know it all. Yeah, that's Keeping what an open mind that. is. in all of this. <laughs> yeah, it is, and um, even better, I think a discerning mind because there's a lot of bullshit out there, and yeah, the more experience you get, you tend to know when the bullshit comes at you.
0: Absolutely. And we do
2: hear it quite a lot. It's like there's this famous thing in the knees, right? People talk about knee problems and using this muscle called the VMO. There is no goddamn VMO. It doesn't exist. I've been in three years of anatomy dissections. There is no VMO. It wow. doesn't exist. I've seen German studies. And yet, even some of the great coaches are out there talking about VMO retraining. No, there's no such muscle. There's a VM. But there's no oblique part to it. And if you actually look at the physics, it makes no sense. Yeah, so all this... um. She's nearly 30 years of bad knee rehab I've seen happening because people are focusing on the kneecap and not realizing, guess what, your glutes externally rotate your femur and your femur is falling inwards. Yep. Um. That's your problem. You've got a weak ass. Now, I see people walk out within you know 40 mm-hmm. minutes of seeing me doing their first squat that they've done in years because suddenly I showed them how to use their ass and yep. put a band around their knees. But everyone else has been telling them to concentrate on this little thing called a VMO. That's unfortunate. There's been some bad research, which I think has um, influenced a lot of streams yeah. of thought for years. And that's and, tough for yeah, us. We
0: have to that learn that, that maybe we, we didn't have it right. And like I said, where you got to, that now with this, with, through the use of technology and people like yourself that, and others out there
2: that are, are helping with this stuff, that like you said, yeah, keeping an open I mind, that
0: what, that maybe there is a better way.
2: There is. And Professor McGill's work has been great. I mean, it's super influential. You know, with him and... And Brian have gone through, and you know the, the book they've published, The Gift of Injury, what a great book. loved it. Everyone should have that, a copy of that. Every yep. doctor should have a copy of that.
0: Do you think that in the big three, and as far as um, is stuff like, because uh, that involves the, the side planks and the bird dogs yep. for holds, and then the, the, the yep. abdominal crunch with the leg, correct? One. Leg. Yes,
2: that's it. Yeah, that's, that's the big three that we start with.
0: Would you recommend you that like, everybody, humans in general, we all probably should be doing that it, to some degree? Well,
2: to, to some degree, we look at it and say, everybody's going to benefit from being more stable. Yeah. But there will always be an exception to the rule, and that's what you, as a professional, you look forward to finding out. And so if anyone actually takes that on, it's a nice one from McGill's books themselves, always good resources, and you know, with Brian there, it's a great way to look at beginning the stability process but once again, it's always good to have a good coach to make sure you are doing it correctly. I get people who come and tell me they're doing the big three and they show me, I say, a few little corrections here. It's good to have that I- interaction with a professional as well who knows exactly what these things are to check your technique. And that can make the world of difference to where a person saying this wasn't working, they go, well, it wasn't working because you weren't doing it properly. It's a good start.
0: Yeah, what That's was always
2: you- where I start And then, of course, the big three is only just the base. If you're a professional athlete or even you're a weekend warrior, you've got to then build your work around what your movement patterns are. Yeah. So if you've got to pick someone up and, you know, body slam them, well, I'd better figure out how you're going to pick that person up using your lateral stabilizers, how you, you're firing up things, and we've got to appropriately get you into the movement pattern, not just the big three themselves. That's where you start, wake things up. But everything's related to the person's endeavor. If you're going to deadlift, great, I'll show you how to hold that position. Big three in itself just begins the process. Absolutely. So, yeah, I always think it's the base of the pyramid. But everyone's an individual in whatever they need in life. So treat people as individuals. Find out what their functions are. I'm going to treat a golfer different from a powerlifter. Yep. So yeah, and a wrestler, of course.
0: You've opened my eyes out into in, like wrestling, and this is something I never gave any thought because it was ne- it's never discussed. But especially in in me being a power wrestler, power is the one thing in wrestling you can't fake. That it's not you really. The power is <laughs> the, the to me. That's why I love it. And was so drawn to power wrestlers as a kid because in a Mm -hmm. entertainment setting it is a very real thing that goes on out there that I've always been drawn to. But like for instance, (laughs) lifting, we stabilize ourselves, we fill the tank. These are things that don't happen in res I go, I'm out there breathing, and I'm not I'm looking at all the I remember catching guys off the top rope night in and night out where I am just catching them and I'm not I'm not bracing myself properly for this. I'm just because I'm (laughs) Not never never even thought about that, but the all these things that are causing this trauma and damage, I'm doing just that. Where now I look at it, I was like, I just look at it entirely different. That we have to protect ourselves, and I feel like I've I've learned, and I hopefully can be able to help pass this down. as with the more that I know and pe- people that that get into wrestling and whatnot with that because we just don't yeah. think about it on that end, and it, it, it's it's a scary thing. But I wanted to ask you on the, on the big three with mm. the side planks, an issue I have yes. on my right shoulder is, is I get yep. the grinding in that position. How do I need to still stabilize that and do these stabilizing things to create more stability in there before I'm able to do that properly?
2: Exactly. Yeah, we've got to work on the shoulder before we get to that side plank on the right side. Now, if you think about it, the purpose of the side plank is to get some core work, but it's also adding into the lateral stabilisers of the glutes. So I would tend to actually break that movement up into a glute-style exercise and an abdominal lateral exercise before I went back to the side plank. Okay. So what I would start with, if you've got problems going into the side plank because the, the shoulder bit been a problem, we're going to start doing some lat work. We might start doing some glute work separate from it, and then retest it. Yeah. See if you can fire up and suddenly, oh, the grind's gone. Quite often that happens. So you've got to, even then, with that sort of problem, you've got to step it back, strip it back even further. What are the parts of the body that the side plank uses? All right. You are using shoulder stabilizers, you're using abdominals, you're using obliques, you're using your glutes. All right, better strip those back, attack each of those, let's build it back up in the side plank. Did that work now? And then it'll all come together. So even with something that's basic, like atoms you know hey we can split them yeah Break them down to the more basic components and that's the way you got to think when you look at those exercises you start to break up which muscle groups are involved how can we make them all support better and then we put it back together again and then you move on so we might look at that for you we'll start looking at some of the shoulder stabilizing work once again you know, start with the scapula then so i look at um there's a few interesting ones there's a, a one i put together called the cat camel bird dog it's the old bird dog there's your Basic movement, but we actually use a yoga movement in there to get the serratus started to ah. control better. So yeah, it's a it's a, it's a variation of the of the bird dog. Man, it's an interesting one. it's on the um on my Instagram page there a little while ago. I try and put something up every couple of days now. Yeah, no, but that's definitely. Uh, that's,
0: I would definitely. This is because I'm working in like I like doctor that doctor Bo Hightower. He's he's been where He works on a lot of UFC guys here in the states and. Good. I had him. Like it's crazy. This show has allowed me to me, it, it meet so many great people and great minds. And I had uh, Trevor Bachmeyer. He's out in California, and he mm. has given me uh, a lot of a different. He has a lot of YouTube video. He's SmashWorks. A lot of different YouTube and Instagram mm. uh, content out there as well. But I need. And I was like the missing pieces. I need to get a little bit of strengthening. Like there's some strengthening things that I was missing on this game plan. And I feel like this adding some of this stuff in from you is really going to help get me to that next level because, with all of this. Yeah,
2: we'll definitely talk that through because I think if we start with using some of the, the lat movements that I use there, which is that basic called the lock lat pull, which is a, a unilateral movement for lat. You'll see that. I think we've got my daughter demonstrating that one on there somewhere. And I'm going to go fight it as soon as I get on. off this with you. i thought <laughs> <laughs> you an interesting one then is to also attack the... Um, you'll see, uh, I think I called the snow angels, which is a bit of fun. It was just basically putting a band around the legs and lock on your back, but also get people to do it on their front. It's probably the best glute activation movement that exists. Really? And you'll see that one on there face down with a band around the knees doing basically abductions for the glutes and then some external rotation. That starts in there as well, and then... Um, we can see if we can put those pieces in on top of perhaps a cat, camel, bird, dog, and then reassess the side plank. So it's all about finding the piece that's allowing the shoulder to grind, and it's usually not that hard to find. No,
0: I I, I have nothing but faith in everything you say. You've you've done nothing but help me. <laughs> not one thing you have ever said or I've seen is is like oh I don't agree with that. It's all like oh it's. Wow.
2: <laughs> if I put it out there, don't worry, I'm confident. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, I do want to say, um, the, uh, I know you, you are a very busy man, and I don't want to, I don't want to keep you. It's morning time pleasure. there, correct?
2: Yeah, just getting started in the day today. It's a good day. Another great day ahead. The, I like
0: to ask everybody that's on here, because you are one of the great minds, yeah. what is one piece of advice for the listeners that, that has helped you the most in your life if you could give it to the listeners? What would that
2: be? Uh, probably the the day I actually started my work life. I graduated and I went into a sports medicine clinic, which was very well known. And the boss there, she took me aside and said, right, your job in life is now to become the best in the world at something. Uh, she looked at me and said, I'm the best in the world at shoulders, so you're going to have to figure something else out. <laughs> that was the start of the journey. That, that was Unbelievable. It. I started on spine work. I love it. No, it... But, Great yeah. device. begin and focus on one thing, and now become the best in the world at it. And that's you what cannot... our, what it will always be is never stopping because there's always more to learn. Absolutely, and we're going to love it. So it's going to be great. So hopefully that helps people out there to think about something that might help them on their way. No, and like said, it's been great meeting you. It's been great being working because of course it was, I love the intellectual challenges that you throw out there. They're always great. No, and you always have a have an answer. That's what
0: or or a possible solution and. I can't thank you enough for that. Now, for everybody listening, where can they find you? What are the best places to go? I know you have the Functional Strength Rehabilitation on Facebook still, correct?
2: Yeah, I still use that occasionally. Most of my work now comes just through the Instagram, which is Andrew underscore Lock, L-O-C-K, underscore strength. And from there, then I'll do all the announcements about uh, when the uh, video series and the educational work will be put up. So that's where like, people can best find the exercises, too. That's where I'm, I'm putting pretty much everything I can and explain little bits for everyone to start to make themselves stronger and more resilient. And I look forward to seeing your return. It sounds fantastic. It sounds like you've really got a great path. You've come a long way since we've No, and you've played a big part in that. It's, uh, I am forever grateful
0: for, for coming in contact with you and opening my eyes to this this information out there. So I can't thank you enough, and thank you again for making time to come on here. I greatly appreciate it.
2: I look forward forward to catching up somewhere in 2020 if you're out there. I'll certainly make my way to Las Vegas and certainly I'll be in North America and Canada. Absolutely. It's going to be a pleasure to to meet you and and hopefully and hang
0: out a little bit and pick your brain even more. But Andrew, thank you very much. It was a a pleasure to get to pick your brain and, and thank you for making time. Guys, we'll be right back after these messages. What's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback, and I want to tell you guys about this exciting new company I'm working with. Recently, I've been dealing with pain in both my back and shoulder, as you know and other areas of the body. Recently, I've been doing the stem cell therapy here in the United States, but I decided I wanted to take my recovery up a notch. And that's when I came across a stem cell facility located in Medellin, Colombia, called BioAccelerator. BioAccelerator is the global leader in stem cell therapy. They offer a state-of-the-art medical facility with the ability to treat patients with tens of millions of active adult stem cells to help them recover from injury and major medical complications. BioAccelerator currently offers treatments for a variety of conditions, ranging from orthopedic injury, spine and disc injury, chronic pain, ED, and even severe autoimmune disease. BioAccelerator also has something for you men and women out there who are looking to stay in the game and keep yourself looking young and feeling youthful. Ask about their anti-aging and rejuvenation treatments as well. I will be tracking my progress as I go through the treatment, as you guys have seen with BioAccelerator, and giving you, the audience, updates as I heal and overcome these injuries on my journey back to the ring. If you or someone you know suffers from a life of pain or complications due to a major medical condition, join the likes of UFC Hall of Famer Matt Hughes, Chuck Liddell, WWE stars like Kevin Nash, Rey Mysterio, and myself. You can contact BioAccelerator directly, guys. As for my personal friend, David Truett, he's the one who has reached out to me and helped me from the very beginning. He will help you through the consultation process with the same level of care and expertise as he did for me. Start your path to wellness and become a BioX-Man or BioX woman today at www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com/ryback-reads. That's Bioaccelerator dot www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback-Reeves You've heard us talk about Real Good Foods before on the podcast and just how much I love their Real Good pizzas and enchiladas. Now Real Good Foods also has their new poppers, which are a super low-carb cross between a chicken nugget and a jalapeno popper. All of their foods are low-carb, grain-free, gluten-free, and keto-friendly. Most items have as low as 3 to 4 grams of carbs per serving. From their chicken crust pizza, enchiladas, cauliflower crust pizzas, snack bite pizzas, and poppers, you can't go wrong with anything from Real Good Foods. All items are available at realgoodfoods.com on Amazon, and in retail locations all over the country with a store locator on their website. Save 10% with discount code Ryback off of RealGoodFoods.com. RealGoodFoods. Feed me more. We are back. I got Raj Geary with Wrestling Inc. with the Pro Wrestling Report. What's going on, Raj?
1: uh a lot right now it's uh it's the this week was kind of the calm before the storm so it's just been wild but uh how are you doing doing well doing well this is uh aew starts next week correct aew smackdown on fox
0: yeah Uh, yeah there's a lot this is what everyone's been waiting for coming up next week so it's i'm sure there's a lot of
1: news as always Uh, yeah absolutely and uh we can just jump right into it so wwe they're kind of changing a bunch of stuff around so raw and smackdown smackdown is not going to be called friday night smackdown once again it's, it's no longer called smackdown live even though it is going to remain live and uh they announced the uh announced teams for raw smackdown nxt they're going to split the crew so Corey graves won't be working both shows anymore okay. so it'll be the raw announced team will feature vic joseph dio madden who is a, an nfl player who played as brendan williams was in developmental And uh, Jerry, the King Lawler. So he'll be returning at least for a little bit. Apparently that's temporary for now. What show's that again? So this is for Raw. For Raw? Oh, wow. So, yeah, two of the people are going to be guys that most people have not heard of. Interesting. And then Jerry Lawler. Okay, I like Lawler. I I love King announcing. I think it's good for old
0: school fans, too. He's very good, I feel
1: yeah just his wit and everything they haven't been able to find someone like that now he hasn't kept up with the current product as much so he'll probably have to be you know caught up to speed but which is but saying yeah. something by the way a little bit <laughs> just to throw that out there <laughs> <laughs> right, right exactly uh, uh so over on the smackdown side you got michael cole uh cory graves and renee young nxt is gonna be Mauro rinaldo nigel McGuinness, and beth phoenix and uh They announced a new studio show that's going to be called WWE Backstage, which will be hosted by Renee Young and Booger T. It'll air on FS1 on Tuesday nights uh, at 11 p.m. Eastern, starting on November 5th. So a bunch of stuff down the pipe, 205 Live. It's going to continue airing after SmackDown uh, on the network. And that also seems to be a temporary solution. And even one of the possibilities is getting rid of the show. So we will see. So, yeah, a, a lot to uh, process there. They're going to be bringing back Pyro. Uh, the sets are going to change next week for both Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, everything is getting refreshed next week.
0: That's uh, The announced team thing it will be interesting to see how that pans out with everything uh, as this goes, goes forward. Uh, the other two, I'm not aware of the, the people on Raw, uh, the, the two people that you mentioned. And I, and I watch pretty routinely, and I have no idea who they are. But again, though, if they do a great job and, and it works, there's no issues with that. And it kind of gives those other people from a little bit of a break from being overexposed and being on everything and gives each show a unique feel and identity. I think it's a great idea to get rid of 205 Live. I think that it was – and the, the performers are all great. But what's different from 205 Live from the rest of the shows, essentially, everyone that style has now become very norm. You know what I mean? You're not seeing your two champions, Seth Rollins and or AJ Styles, or there's just and then they're taking guys from that show and putting them on from Buddy Murphy and, and Cedric Alexander and whatnot. So you really it makes it even more difficult, and it's those drawn out shows and putting them after the 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 TV show SmackDown like that it, it really it's just not they were put in a bad position to begin with uh, yeah. on that and so I think just sometimes you can't have too much product so I think that's a good idea scrapping that going forward and uh, what else was mentioned in there I'm just, I just don't want to skip over anything uh,
1: <sighs> the uh, the studio show with uh, Booker T and Renee Young you
0: know I saw that. I love Renee I love Booker I think they're and that's I think that's a good thing. Uh, a little recap deal, everything going on. There's nothing wrong with that, and and with Fox bringing back the Pyro, I think that's cool. I think that you know that's part of pro wrestling, the whole entertainment aspect, the rock star aspect of it. That's been missing for a little bit. So it's uh, it'll be interesting just watching going forward to see how how much say what goes on with these ratings, how much input Fox really has, what happens with the Fox USA thing. There's a lot of questions going into all this. As ratings kind of continue on the decline overall, I believe.
1: Yeah, Fox has really been pushing SmackDown hard on, on yeah. during football. I've, I've seen, been seeing a ton of commercials for it uh, just, just this week. So, first week should do well. It's, you know, I think with all of this, with AEW, um, NXT, everything, it's, it's more where are we going to be in February? You know, once the initial hype dies down yeah. and they, they've stopped, you know, pulling out all the tricks and you, it settles down, well, where's everyone going to be? And so AEW, you know, they're going to have their work cut out for them next week. Uh, NXT finally moving to two hours on USA. They've been doing one hour on USA and then one hour on the network. Now it's going to two hours. Ratings were down a bit this week for NXT. Um, actually, quite a bit. It was down 15% from the premiere uh, and big drops in their the prime demos. Is um, that
0: normal, would you say, after a debut with shows for that something like that to happen, Raj? Historically, or no, is that a, is that a not a
1: great sign? It has been for for WWE, you know, for Impact uh, when they debuted, for Nitro when it debuted, they didn't have the big drop. They, you know, actually saw uh, it it being pretty steady until they, you know, had the the big growth. So, but for WWE, yeah, like ECW when it premiered, it was at three million viewers, and then it dropped steadily after that. I will say, and I watched the NXT show again,
0: and here's, and I say this. I believe, and again, i have and I got to watch AEW and see the product they put out, and, and we I can't say until I do see that, or probably, and give it a little bit of time, but watching NXT on TV, I could tell you, and this is just me watching as a pro wrestler, and it's not because of the talent, necessarily, even though they are in development, that was a developmental league, quote-unquote, uh, and for good reason, and a lot of that psychology was, not because of moves, but... I feel like I'm watching an old FC when I was in FCW and watching that TV product, even though it is better produced because of the way it is filmed in a small arena. I believe that they're going to run into a huge problem, NXT, if AEW kills it. And with those large crowds, if AEW just does everything they're supposed to and, has, and, and can get, not they don't have to have sellouts, but just have good crowds in different arenas, I will tune into that all day long if that is what I'm watching with NXT because I I can tell you straight up, there's a reason why you have promos and storylines in pro wrestling. And this is me as a guy that loves wrestling and enjoys watching wrestling. I get very bored watching what NXT is putting on TV in front of me because there's nothing. I I already It's just nothing is – I'm not intrigued by just moves. And when I see a guy like the Donovan guy and the Keith Lee – do the what's the 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 Canadians the Canadian destroyer deal off the top rope or the middle rope or whatever they did. All right. And Keith by far a move that should technically kill somebody in the opening <laughs> match, and then Keith Lee just kicks out and he's right back and he, he wins just moments thereafter. That they should not be allowed to do that. And I watched that and I'm like, this is the shits. That's just to me, there's no reason to do that and then go and doing other stuff and then hit a shitty finish for the finish. And then watching that and it's just match, match, match. Okay. And it's in that little arena. It's not I'm telling you, I don't think that's going to appeal to the masses when you got Raw, you got SmackDown, and you got AEW going into these big arenas. I for me is I'm mean, gonna I'm gonna watch AEW and I'm not completely down the middle on that. Nothing with WWE just I don't know. I, I could see that getting old really quick in that, because that atmosphere where they're gonna have to go, shit, we need to start running some bigger arenas.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Um you know, once the ratings come out, you know, if, if NXT is beating AEW handily, then they probably won't feel the need to move. I mean, they got no expenses. You know, I mean, really low expenses right now with all yeah. the talent living there. They don't have to fly anyone in. But, yeah, if they're losing in the ratings to AEW, you know they're not going to let that stand for long. Well, I know they're loading up the
0: card for next week to try to come out of the gate with all championship matches, correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. And I can uh, – let me go over that real quick. It is – Hold on one second. Their headline matches are all championship matches, but and what is AEW?
0: They're they're doing Cody versus Sammy,
1: yeah, uh, Sammy Guevara, yeah, yep. uh, Pac versus Adam Page. Uh, let me pull that up as well. Um, so they uh, Chris Jericho and two mystery partners, which versus, is cool. I
0: love that. There's intrigue right there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Versus uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Uh, Nyla Rose versus Rio for the first ever AEW Women's Championship and, and MJF versus Brandon Cutler. So they got five matches set already uh, for a two hour show. Jon Moxley will also be appearing. So, yeah, pretty loaded show on NXT. They got Adam Cole defending his title against Matt Riddle, Shayna Baszler against Candice LeRae, uh, NXT Tag Team Champions Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish defending against the Street Profits. I think there was one more. That I'll find it. But uh, yeah, so both shows going all out next week. Yeah, I I can say, and I, I'll ask you this, Raj. And
0: after watching NXT a couple weeks, I and mean, DVR is not a thing. If you have to pick an episode
1: next week that you're going to watch, what would you pick? I, I mean, just for a lot of reasons right now, AEW. Just yeah. the curiosity aspect, uh, just seeing you know the first ever national promotion on you know a major cable channel since WCW folded. You know, so just that intrigue right there. You know, I'm in At NXT. Kind of know what the show is going to look like, how it's going to feel. You, if you've been watching NXT, you know what you're going to get. AEW, you know, is it going to look like the pay per views? Is it going to be different? So, it, it, yeah. What are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, on I'm that smaller arena
0: too with NXT. Do you pick up on that vibe? Like I said, like I feel like I'm watching, and it's not because of the talent. It's the, the it's the smaller arena, that studio, that small feel. That it, to me, it, it's going to be very repetitive. I feel
1: like. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, I just feel like it just feels, and, and I don't think low rent is, is the right word, but it feels uh, not mainstream. And, Something is off to me. Yeah, it just feels the big, like big shows. Yeah, and I, it just in general, when you're getting new fans, you don't want them to feel like they're the only ones watching. Or they're, you know, there's only yeah. a small group watching. If you ever watched those AAF games back earlier this year, there was like no one in those stands. So you're like... <laughs> You just felt like you're the only person watching those games. And I just feel like uh, if you got AEW with 14,000 people and this other show with 400, the other one just looks more popular, uh, you know, just like a bigger deal.
0: And there's more, and again, in the, and I got to touch on this. When I say Keith Lee and, and for that situation, right. like I feel like there's going to be a problem at that arena. They, there's only so many camera shots you're going to get that where if AEW is going and they, they have the, the – there's so many different things they can do to keep things fresh – I feel like NXT is going to get really stale, which was fine before for developmental on the network because that's what it was. It was, on, it was always been developmental, even though it's improved significantly. And now AEW is going to have the capacity to, to do great things. And I think that's going to be really hard when you're, I you know hundred and them, they're saying they're not competing, but they are competing. Now, I just think that NXT is severely limited up front with what I've seen right now, as great as it is, compared to what AEW has the possibility to do.
1: Yeah. Also, next week, NXT will be airing with limited commercial interruption. So if they weren't competing, they wouldn't be, you know, pulling these tricks out. But uh, yeah, so it's it's going to be limited commercials. So they're definitely, you know, trying everything they can to make sure that, you know, they win and win handily next week. On the AEW front, they announced a UK TV deal. It's going to be airing on Sundays on ITV uh, starting October 6th. So a few days after it airs live here. You know a lot of fans were disappointed with that. And, you know, as it is airing on Sundays, that's also a day after their Saturday night pay-per-view. So they'll do a special episode on pay-per-view weeks uh, that airs before the pay-per-view airs. So for now, that's, that's what the deal is. So yeah, so it'll be on the UK. No TV deal with Canada has been announced yet.
0: It's early still and get, just getting something in place is better than having nothing in place with them. And there, there's a lot, I mean, this is a brand new company. There's so much that goes into this and they're, fighting an uphill battle with WWE and that the, as long as they've been around and the reach that they have, it's going to take time to get all this stuff worked out and to get the right people in place that like it's Cody and those guys are probably running themselves pretty thin with playing both sides of the, of the fence right there because just pro wrestling alone, dealing with pro wrestlers is you need a whole team right. just that alone. And, right. uh, and then you start with creative getting involved tv everyone has to start looking out for their, for their you know it, it's there's a lot that goes into this and then the tv stuff so i just hopefully give it time they get get some stuff in place and then work out the kinks as they go along because there's there's going to be kinks i think wrestling fans do need to be understanding about that with them and i know i've seen people get on them for like the the first four deals they've had some some things in there which are going to happen WWE still has mistakes from time to time, and they've been around. It, it, it's going to happen, so the key is learning from it and hopefully just getting some good deals in place for the international stuff as this thing really starts taking off.
1: Yeah. Real quick, back to ratings. I mentioned NXT uh, was down 15%. It should be up next week, even though it's against AEW. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how much of a bite AEW takes out of that and, and vice versa. But Raw was... Uh, down a little bit, 2.27 million viewers versus 2.21 last week. Uh, SmackDown up slightly, 2.099 million versus 2.06. So, ratings pretty much steady. Uh, and so, that's that's a good sign, you know, heading in with football season. They're really low for, from where they used to be, but uh, at least it's it's steadying
0: out. Yeah. Well, they're going to get hit, too, here once the football season, when you start getting some of the really big games with, with, as they get deeper into the season. That really, you know what I mean, When you, it can really start taking even a bigger hit from them, where if that thing starts dipping into the
1: ones, I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got that, and then you're going to also have, you know, it's political season as well, yes. so you're going to start having more debates and things like that, so uh, a lot of competition coming up this fall.
0: Who do you have week one, Raj, AEW, NXT? If you had to make a bold prediction, our, our conversation next week, uh, who do you think comes out ahead on the opening opening ratings?
1: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go AEW.
0: You know what? I agree um, with you, and I, I yeah. think I think the interest after seeing NXT for a couple of weeks, I think AEW is gonna. And I don't know what they're gonna end up being, but I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna come out ahead the week one.
1: I'm gonna pick one point one million for AEW and around eight hundred thousand for NXT. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, no, that's we'll see what happens. I don't know, yeah. but I think they're. I, I'm I'm going with them also. Yeah. Uh Steve Austin uh, was announced he's going to be on the Smackdown on Fox next week. So he didn't he was uh, on his podcast earlier this week and he talked about how he could wrestle one more match. It's something he's said in the past before. He's he's always said that if you know if he trained he could do it. But um yeah, he said physically would I be able to have one more match? Yes, most definitely and I could make it to that match without being injured. Although the risks are always there just because I think all the surgeries I had where I had the spinal stenosis and get getting the bone st- bone spur taken off my spinal cord. I'm in a good place. Nerves are feeling a lot better than they used to. So, you know, in theory, could I have a match in theory? Okay. Yes. So uh, it's been 16 years since Stone Cold wrestled the rock at WrestleMania 19, this yeah. final match. And uh, I mean, you know, as far as pulling rabbits out of the hat, that would be, that'd be a big one. I think, If Steve would want to have one more
0: match, he's earned the right to have one more match, and uh, he knows what it takes to compete at the highest level and what it would require. I think from the past, seeing what we saw with like Undertaker and Goldberg and things of that nature, that if Stone Cold comes back for one more match, you put him in there with a guy like AJ or Seth, and you have that or Daniel Bryan or somebody where there's a storyline, and with a guy like one of those type of utility guys that could really, I think. Tell a hell of a story with Steve, because those guys all can. So, and, and as Steve can, and I think that would be a uh, great go home for Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin at, at like a WrestleMania. It, it would, it would be, it would be tremendous. And I think the, the interaction with him and AJ was so good already. I think that's a built-in storyline right there. That would be. I think that would
1: generate a lot of interest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, WWE does have another Saudi Arabia event coming up. And we know they like to bring the legends yeah. back for those. So I hope I hope it's not used for that.
0: But. One more time, Stone Cold to the Undertaker. Let's just let's fucking redeem that kick up spot where Austin got knocked out in Saudi Arabia. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. So, keeping my fingers crossed that it's it's something for mania, and not Saudi Arabia. Yeah. 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 Rightfully we'll so. <laughs> uh, in the most uh, recent edition of the Wrestling Observer, it, it was noted that. Uh, CM Punk the belief with people in WWE is that he wants to come back to the company uh oh, well. eventually and uh it, it they're not it's it, right now it's nothing they're counting on doing but it seems like his interest is more towards WWE than AEW which really really sh- surprises me but I think it's might be a money thing he feels like he can make the most money with WWE so
0: yeah, or it could just be, again, you play both sides. Why wouldn't you, as a businessman, if the AEW has interest already and maybe the money is not right where he wants it to be, show interest in somebody else that you actually have no interest in, possibly? I don't know. It could be to try to get them to up their offer, or that he genuinely just, like I said, time tends to heal a lot of wounds. And even though, and again, everybody, Sable sued them, I think, in one, Brock sued them in one, and People go back all the time, so it's, it's like it's, that's why they say never say never with all of that. So that wouldn't be shocking. And people got to remember too, he's there's no bigger game than WWE. You, you can make the most money over there. You should be able to with the amount of um, eyes that are on that product overall from a worldwide point of view. So, and why wouldn't he want to go back for one last thing there? Especially if he has a sour taste in his mouth without the way everything ended. And he's he's calmed down a little bit, and he he would want to put a a bow on everything.
1: So it's not that's not shocking. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's been it's been a while. Time heals all wounds. So, yeah. and like you mentioned, a lot of people have been on worse terms with WWE that have ended back. So, oh uh, yeah,
0: it's it's not even it, it's it like, zero shock if he went back to me. I've seen we've seen it all. So there's anyone can go back, which I've said all along.
1: Yeah. Speaking of talents returning to the company, uh, former WWE Intercontinental Tag Team Champion, John Hennigan, who's used the name Johnny Mundo, John Morrison, Johnny Impact, Johnny Nitro, he has signed a deal to return to WWE. So he will be coming back there soon it's not known which brand where he will end up but yeah it's been eight years since he last wrestled there which I, when i when i saw that I, I totally forgot that it's been that long it doesn't feel like that long ago yeah. you're you're familiar with him what are your thoughts on him returning
0: i'm happy if that's what he truly wants i'm happy for him and i would imagine is that uh, is there any is that full time that he's going back i, I believe so yeah yeah, so and I know he just went down to that bio accelerator, the stem cell place that I was at in Medellin, Colombia, and got a bunch of work done down there and whatnot. Which makes sense now, going and trying to get patched up a little bit before going going hard full time. And how old is he now? Uh, Thirty nine. Yeah, and he looks great still. And he, but he's he's been wrestling a long time, so this could be you know his his big. Uh, you see, this is it kind of it's kind of cool to see. Cause like back in the day, a lot of wrestlers wouldn't come to WWE till the end of their careers or after they had a lot more experience, and so it's good to see guys like a guy like him, who's unbelievably talented, who did fucking awesome when he was there, left, and he's done great things since leaving. He he stays as busy as anybody, and you know to go back there, it'll be really interesting to see how he fits into the big picture. And the thing we see though with guys, and like we've seen it with Lashley and a lot of them is they all come back and they go back into that full-time thing and they just kind of they just fall back into that puzzle. They're another spoke on the wheel. You know what I mean? We haven't really right. seen anyone come back and then fucking really get the rocket strapped onto him. And Bobby's done great. I love Bobby. And they've, they've missed some opportunities with him at different things. But they all kind of get grouped into that same thing. Even Ray. Like, we've seen how Ray... I think Ray's right. probably a good example of they actually have lowered him slightly from what he used to be with them a little bit. Even though he can get away with that with his stature and whatnot and being the underdog. But they, man, going back into that full-time schedule, it's it's going to be, it'll be interesting to see how he holds up after, because he's been going for a long time.
1: Yeah, do you think a talent like him, it might be better to have him in NXT? I mean, you're not making the, the live event revenue, but you also have a better chance of not, you know, becoming just another cog in the wheel and fading away quickly. <sighs> so if I was, I, would, I wouldn't want to
0: go there. Yeah. I, I just I think you want you go you want to go to Raw or SmackDown. After you've been there, there's nothing there's nothing will compete at that level. The most eyes are on you as a brand on those two things. I get if it was a short term thing to get them back before bringing them to TV and whatnot, but here's the thing, when you sign with them, you get the money that you hopefully you want to get up front. If you're gonna sign a full time deal though and you don't like you're just gonna get put into the the puzzle. If you don't get shit put into your contract you're just going to get thrown into the mix with everybody else. There's there's no way to fight it, but that's what that's the name of the game. And the only you see a guy like Brock, he gets shit put in his contract because he's smart and and he's had enough pull where he well I'm just not signing or you know what I mean where and it protects him. So if you just sign that regular contract, you're just you're just another piece of the puzzle to them. So, but yeah. I like I love John. I think he's super talented, and hopefully he gets some big opportunities and. I think they can, they're going to want him on Raw or SmackDown for ratings to help with that. With that, to some regard, they need all the names they can get going forward. Everybody does.
1: Yeah, and you know it's it been eight years since he was last there, and now he's actually like one of the bigger guys on the roster. You know, as far as yeah. size and everything goes. Uh, so yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how he's used. The
0: rosters have changed, and, and like I said, I when watching NXT, and I saw Adam Cole come out. And I've met Adam. He was backstage at a live event in WWE. And this is just, if you would have told, told me that guy's a pro wrestler, I'd I say, what? And it's not like, it's, he's extremely talented. Oh, everyone's talented that does it. its I'm just going based off of, of what the business is from a visual standpoint to what how people perceive things. It's just, it's changed dramatically. And you need a mix of guys, but the size of wrestlers has got, gotten smaller over the years progressively and, and again drug testing major major reason for that a lot of it but a lot of guys in that old past business they don't necessarily understand diet and working out and, and keeping size on without drugs so you just see they've just they've shifted to a smaller talent for whatever reason and and it is what it is but Morrison was now ne- he's always been a, a good sized guy but like you said he's Times changing. he's not one of the bigger guys.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, it's going to be a, a fascinating week, and next week uh, we'll have all the ratings uh, when we do this. So, do you have any predictions, or you're gonna you're gonna avoid the prediction for the AEW and NXT ratings?
0: I, AEW, in my opinion, is is interest alone. After seeing the NXT show first couple weeks, I'm going with AEW. If they get over a million views, I think that's a a a good good start. I I like your prediction of 1.1. 1. 1. Was that what you said? 1.1 1. 1, right yeah. around there. Yeah. I think that's a good. And, and if it comes in over that, that's. I mean, I'm excited. I I want right. them. I want them. I want them to blow NXT away in the ratings on this because just from a pro wrestler standpoint, that opens up the the door of opportunities for wrestlers much more. And if NXT wins and continues to win, and AEW kinda is is s- slow out of the gate. It's a little scarier. We I, everyone should be polling for AEW, at least in my opinion.
1: Right. It kind of goes back to status quo. If if you know AEW is not catching on, NXT is blowing it out of the water.
0: Yeah, and NXT is not going anywhere. WWE has the funds to keep that around, even if it's losing money. We want AEW from from a wrestler
1: standpoint to to be successful. Yeah, I say this with WWE fans too. For a WWE fan, the biggest thing they should want is for AEW to be successful because WWE has always been at its best when someone's you know nipping at their heels. Yep,
0: and I will say this because if AEW just can, can pull this off and do this, WWE will be forced to change their business model back to what it used to be that they have to invest in the talent and create megastars. Mm-hmm. And if they do that, then the business, it will. Then we will truly see a boom period again. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, uh, th- thanks as always for having me on. Likewise, anything you want to go ahead and uh, plug to wrap up this week, Rush. Uh, yeah, just keep checking out uh, WrestlingInc.com. We have uh, interviews up there with Rocky Johnson, the, the, the father of The Rock. Uh, we've got uh, Matt Taven, who's defending the ROH Championship tonight. Uh, so, so, tons of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, just keep checking out WrestlingInc.com, especially uh, with how busy it is going to be over the next week or so.
0: Good deal, Raj, as always. Thank you very much. And, guys, we will be right back after these messages. Baseball season is in full swing. And placing a wager on baseball has never been more exciting than with BetOnline.ag. This week, I'm not watching any of the games, guys, because you know the big guy Ryback is doesn't watch much sports, to be quite honest. But I'm not against it at all. And if you love sports and you love betting, BetOnline.ag is your place because now you can save an extra fifty percent. Add it onto your sports betting bankroll when you go to CLNSmedia.com slash Ryback and use code CLNS50. The best part is the bonus will be added onto your balance within seconds. Again, support our podcast by going to CLNSmedia.com slash Ryback and use code CLNS50. A minimum deposit of $25 is required to qualify for the bonus, and please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. BetOnline.ag, your one-stop shop for online betting. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback, and I want to talk to you about Fuel Meals, my personal meal prep service I've been using for years. Meal prep at your doorstep Fuel Meals at FuelMeals.com has something for everybody. An easy way to eat healthy in this fast-paced life we are all living. Whenever I'm in a pinch, I go to my Fuel Meals and I love it. I love to eat real food, but the fact is I can't cook for every single meal of the day. So Fuel Meals come in handy for me when I need it most and I think it could help you too. Tell them the big guy sent you and use discount code THEBIGGUY to save 15%. FuelMeals.com. Feed me more. All right, back here. Oh, man, big thank you to Andrew Locke for coming on the show this week. Raj Geary, as always, with Wrestling Inc., WrestlingInc.com. Go ahead and check them out, guys. Always enjoy having him on the show, catching up on what's going on in the world of professional wrestling. would like to get to a few few of our sponsors here for this show, or thank yous. Real good foods, you guys. Realgoodfoods.com. Save fifteen percent with discount code Ryback15. They have the low carb keto enchiladas, the low carb pizzas, breakfast poppers, breakfast san- breakfast poppers, breakfast sandwiches, and uh, the poppers along with their cauliflower pizza. They they have some really cool options on there. Realgoodfoods.com. Ryback to save fifteen percent. Fuel meals, fuelmeals.com. Meal prep at your doorstep. They have custom meal, signature meals. They have all sorts of grilled chicken, steak. They have keto uh, meals. They have they have things with brown rice and vegetables, broccoli, asparagus, green beans, mixed vegetables, chicken, beef, quesadillas, quesadillas. They got everything over there. at Fuel meals. They ship it on ice, and uh, they ship out twice a week. Everything is is freshly prepared and cooked, and it is it is top notch, guys. You could save fifteen percent with discount code the big guy at FuelMeals.com. And as always, Feed Me More Nutrition available on FeedMeMore.com. My premium all-natural supplement company. You can save 20% on FeedMeMore.com with discount code PODCAST20 at checkout. Just type in PODCAST20 in the discount box upon checkout at FeedMeMore.com and you can get 20% off your order. Our new Brain Feed formula is now out. Our Memory and Focus formula it is incredible, guys. It's like if you like Alpha Brain, we it is stronger than Alpha Brain, and we have Ginkgo Biloba and Tia in it, which is really, really great for memory, focus, energy, and it stacks really well with the Wake Up Limited Energy and our Shell Shock Extreme Fat Burner. Those stacks are going to be available, made available on FeedMeMore.com as well for that. So check that out. Big thank you, as always, to Bio Accelerator. As I continue to heal, it is I'm um, in the gym. <sighs> About in total, about like I said, close to four hours on most days between doing rehab for the back, the shoulder, the my working out, and my cardio and conditioning. So it's uh, it's a lot of work, but it, it's it's paying off. I'm getting stronger every week. I got a, I got a ways to go on everything to continue to to get this big body going, and uh, I've. Switched up my diet to to carbs and uh, my metabolism because I can get my calories in. My metabolism is ramping up, but my body weight—I'm back over two ninety, and uh, it's, this is my second week back in the gym. So it's pretty cool. Everything muscle memory is a real thing, and it's—I feel like I'm going to be better than I've ever been. I got—I got a lot of work to do with my shoulder and lats still, but I—I I can feel internally getting stronger, which is for the first time I've not felt that way the last few years so it is it's pretty cool very grateful but a big reason for that is BioAccelerator. they are the stem cell company that that brought me down to medellin colombia and and gave me treatments for my back shoulder and my left ankle and leg there with the nerve damage i had from my ankle injury back in the nexus you guys if you have injuries or you know anybody in pain and you don't want to necessarily go the surgical route or you've had surgery and you just think that there is a a better option, check out BioAccelerator. They are the real deal, guys. www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback-Reeves. That's B-I-O-X-C-E-L-L-E-R-A-T-O-R www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback-Reeves. You can contact David Truitt, Iowa Hawks fan, on my Instagram. He is the one that personally has helped me. And all the other WWE stars that have gone down. There are a lot of the UFC guys that have gone down. And you can inquire about pricing either through the BioAccelerator Instagram or that website right here that I gave you guys or David Truitt at Iowa IowaHawksFan on my Instagram, the Big Guy thebigguyryback22 on that. And get some information. If stem cells are a possibility for you or an option. Or at least get the information. And then you can set a goal for yourself and you know that what you have to do uh, where you have to get to, to be able to, to go ahead and get that. Moving on, moving on. Busy week here. We got, we're got we approaching, we're going to hit 100,000 subscribers on Ryback TV. We should be there by the time this podcast drops on Monday. I would hope because we're right around the corner. So thank you guys for everybody making Ryback TV uh, a success early on and we'll continue to try to put out good content, original content, exclusive only on Ryback TV and continue to improve uh, everything and make things uh better and better and better like even this show you know when i first started i never had this podcast studio and i had a vision as we're doing it i go we're recording in my kitchen it's a nice kitchen but it, it was recording a lot of people used to do just podcasts because it was just audio you didn't need a studio didn't have to have all the equipment because everything was it was never seen before in up and then i when i started doing it and i was like I need to, I need to feel better doing, I don't feel good just doing it in my kitchen anymore. And I want to put more into this. And it just kind of had the idea. And I got a custom conversation with the big guy podcast table made. I moved my office upstairs and just adjusted some things. And even on the presentation, and I, and I look at this and I, and we, we painted the room a darker color and I love everything about it. And it's been great. And now I'm like, I want more. I want to, I want to, I want to change things up eventually, which I'm going to. And I know some people, even with this show, they're like, the camera's so far away. Well, the camera's a certain distance to get the, the whole shot in here. But eventually, I think what we'll do, changing the, the design slightly, and again, and we'll see where this all goes, is uh, getting maybe some different camera shots and whatnot. Eventually, the goal is to build a facility separate. That would be the ultimate go- goal. That and a, a weight training facility separate, that away from my house. That would be like my man cave. That's the ultimate goal. And uh, seeing that Bradley's Dropping Bombs podcast, that setup he has in there, whew, what a doozy. Beautiful. And I was like, man, that's, that's a good goal. That is, that's what I want. Yeah, that's, uh, that's badass. And uh, that guy, man, killing it over there. So uh, it was very motivating seeing that, which I believe I was meant to see. To, to keep inspiring me to continue to, to keep improving and not not becoming complacent with anything that I am doing. Quote of the week this week, guys. My my thought of the week in the Forbes thought of the day, this great little gift I got that uh, last year, which has really, really come in handy for this show. This quote is from Th- Thomas Carlyle. The greatest mistake is to imagine that we never err. The greatest mistake is to imagine that we never err. What does that mean? I don't know. I'm asking you guys. <laughs> I'm kidding. The, uh, we're going to make mistakes, guys. We're going to fuck up. We're going to mess up. Things just don't go perfect all the time. Even when we think things are going to go perfect, they typically don't. There's always side routes. There's curveballs. There's speed bumps. There's brick walls. There's whole buildings putting our way at different times. And uh, to act like we don't mess up or make mistakes, we all do. Everyone does. The most successful people have typically made the biggest mistakes. It's their ability to overcome those mistakes and keep going. And we're all going to, at times, we're going to fuck up. We're going to we're gonna look stupid. We're going to feel silly. We're going to, you know, and people are going to point and laugh. <laughs> you're stupid. Well, yeah, I know. I just said it. So nothing you say could bother me. The, the key is just overcoming that. And you're going to have days. We're going to have good days. We're going to have bad days. And uh, I think acknowledging positive, uh, you know, keeping a positive mental attitude and a positive self-talk is huge. And uh, but not to be ignorant that to think that like we never mess up or we never make mistakes or that we're perfect, it doesn't exist. It's just the the key is overcoming the failures and learning from the failures and not being afraid to fail, and just in getting knocked on your ass one day and okay, well that was. Today, and then when you go to bed and you wake up the next day, you're not on your ass anymore. You're back on your feet. So you have a brand new opportunity to not be on your ass anymore. Some people don't like, some people like to just sit there and stay on their ass, and that's fine. Eventually, they'll get sick of it, or they'll eventually die, and, you know, maybe in another life. But uh, as long as we're alive, we have control over it, and uh, shit happens, mistakes happen. You know, true story with Feed Me More Nutrition. I was uh, doing quite well with all of this very early on and, and was profitable for the first year and figuring I was figuring out a lot of shit on my own and uh and there were mistakes along the way and there were some real growing pains in there but I was the bottom line I was profitable I was making money and I took a leap of faith and hired a marketing team that I thought would be good to start getting more exposure for the brand and they burned through about fifty thousand dollars really quickly. They made a lot of dumb mistakes they weren't they were not they were not a good fit for me. They were not good people they they were They were not good marketers and uh it was something it was very disappointing because I'd actually found them through that Billy is marketing, and I wanted to go through them and they put me onto to these two other guys that were they were they were not good and uh it was it was a really tough pill to swallow. But I had to pull the plug on it, and I had to. It was, um, and I just took the blame. I go, you know what? I, I should have cut them probably after month one, and just took my losses up front, and wouldn't have been nearly as significant. But I'll hold on, give them a chance. Well, now I'm in the hole. Now I need them to come back. Ah, shit! And I and I kept them around for about six or seven months, and that was about six or seven months too long. And then I, I they they'd burned through a lot of money. And, uh, and even more than that. and uh, But I'd learned some very valuable lessons and all of that. And it would have been very easy to, you know what, this, is just, this isn't for me. This is too tough. I fucked up and I'm just I'm not cut out for this. I got angry instead. Fucking angry. I was like, the fuck that this is going to happen? I've worked so hard for this. These two motherfuckers come along, fuck them. I'm going to fucking show these fucking losers how to do this. And that's what I had to tell myself. And I just took even more control. I learned even more. I just started reading business book after business book, trying to absorb any bit of information I could. And finally, and I started correcting the mistakes, started making back that money that they lost. And lo and behold, as time has gone on, I turned the corner many months ago and started becoming profitable at a very good level. And it, it didn't, it took doing things daily and hustling and social media and it, this is all stuff that continuously has to be done every day and connecting the dots on everything on pieces on different things that i'd read over time and, and just continuously improving everything and profiting to a good degree now and it overcome all those past mistakes and it was acknowledging the mistakes and learning from them and persevering and that's just one little little thing just in talking about it that applying to myself, but I'd fucked up and I'd hired the wrong people, a couple different occasions and whatnot, but you learn from it and, uh, you don't know. And, and you, unless you try and you can't have fear. And I've also learned that, uh, no matter what I can count on myself and I'm better off running myself empty sometimes to figure it out, uh, rather than spending money that over someone that's not going to give a damn about my business. So we all make mistakes. We all, we all err, And, uh, you got to persevere and overcome if you want something bad enough. And that's my thought of the week. On uh, that, guys, wrapping up, wrapping up this week's show. Big thank you to Wiretap Radio, CLNS Media. And for all fan mail, guys, please send it to PO Box 752740, Las Vegas, Nevada 89136. Please limit it to one or two things. Please put uh, return postage and an envelope or box. If you're sending a figure to get signed guys please don't send me stuff without the return postage it's uh it it creates a dilemma and for me spending money to ship stuff back and I just say this honestly guys it's not fair to me so don't do that and I say that straight up and because what happens and this is this has happened before and you make exceptions to the rules and oh you know what I'll send this back to this person that fucking person tell the, tells their buddies and then you get more shit sent to you that without return postage and then you just go, well, I can't keep doing this. So for the people that I, I apologize, but send return postage. We say it every time, guys. It's common courtesy. I love getting back to you guys and giving that, but you can't expect me to pay 15 20 $30 to send your stuff back. And that's just me shooting you straight and being honest with you. So... I'm more than happy to take time out of my day and stop and sign stuff. I love you guys. But I always ask, please send the return postage and an envelope or box and have it all ready to be sent back. And it, it makes life easier for everyone. Feed me more nutrition, guys. Amazon, feedmemore.com, podcast 20, 20%, 20%. All personal videos by myself, cameo.com slash thebigguyryback. All professional wrestling bookings, Bill Barons at showbiz at aol.com. Or uh, book the big guy at yahoo.com for anything other than that. Check out Ryback TV at youtube.com slash Ryback TV. Please subscribe. Share the channel as we're trying to grow to 1 million subscribers on YouTube. My Wake Up It's Feeding Time motivational book available on Amazon in paperback, audible, and Kindle formats. And follow me on social media, the thebigguyryback22, at feedmemorenutrition, at Conversation with the big guy on Instagram, at ryback22 on Twitter, at Feed me More nutrition on Facebook and Snapchat, Ryback247. Thank you guys for listening. You've just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy, Ryback. Feed me more. Subscribe, like, rate, comment.